Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org. Now, here's our show today. In America, every four years after the legal election of a new president, we pass through the ritual known as inauguration. On one hand, the person is thought of as president immediately following his election. But it is the inauguration that actually makes him president. Do you know that the Lord Jesus passed through a kind of inauguration as he began his earthly ministry? It's true and it's recorded in Luke chapter 3. We will look at the inauguration of the man's Savior on today's Life Study of the Bible. And we're happy, as always, to welcome Dick Taylor to the program. Dick, good to have you back. Thanks, Chris. Good to be here for this precious inauguration. Really so, Dick. We're seeing that John the Baptist played a critical role in the ushering in of the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus and really of the entire New Testament economy, Dick. But before we get to today's topic, which we alluded to in the opening, which is the inauguration, and we're going to see that's the baptism of the Lord Jesus along with his being anointed. Let's talk about how the Lord was first introduced by this one, John the Baptist, who was so outside of the religion and culture and traditions of his time. John the Baptist, Chris, was really a part of the New Testament ministry. He was the transitional person, Mm -hmm. uh, ending the old and bringing in the new. He had a very religious heritage, having a certain ancestry and uh, heritage, and he should have been a person who's in the temple doing this and that. But where was he? He was out in the wilderness. Who was he? He was a wild man. (laughs) What was he doing? He was terminating everything of religion. What's religion? In a simple way, religion is worshiping God without any experience and enjoyment of Christ. This is what God was using John to do to terminate the old dispensation and to bring in the new dispensation, which is altogether focused on Jesus Christ. As we've seen, Dick, this matter of burial or baptism means burial, and that is the terminating. That was the ministry of John, wasn't it, to really uh, terminate all of those old things? That's right. Uh, Dick, let's look at a few of the verses that we want to focus on today in Luke chapter 3, and then we'll join Witness Lee for our first portion of his fellowship today. Uh, Beginning at verse 15, It says, Now while the people were in expectation and were all reasoning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might possibly be the Christ, Mm. John answered and said to all, I baptize you in water, but he who is stronger than I is coming, Mm -hmm. the thong of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. 
He himself will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire, whose winnowing fan is in his hand to thoroughly cleanse his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn up with unquenchable fire. Amen. Quite an introduction for the uh, coming man Savior, wasn't it? Surely was, Chris. Well, Dick, we're going to see today how this precedes the Lord Jesus' inauguration. So let's get to that. Here's Witness Lee with our first portion today. Even this man Savior needed to be baptized. What does this mean? This means to be put aside. This is hard for us to understand. How could the man Savior be put aside. You have to realize that this man Savior, number one, he was a man. Even such a man needs to be buried in order that he could live a human life expressing God's attributes. In order to express God, regardless what kind of man you are, you need to be put aside. Jesus was such a complete and perfect man, yet he needed to live a life that expresses God. So he needed to be put aside. To be baptized simply means to be put aside, to be buried, to be terminated that you would not live by yourself, but by God. That you can live a life with human virtues expressing divine attributes. Number one. Number two, don't forget Christ was a perfect man created by God with all the human virtues, yet still he was in the likeness of the flesh of sin. Something there still related to sin. And this thing has to be judged. This thing has to be terminated. And this thing has to be buried. So you could see when Jesus, at the age of 30, came out to minister, he represented two kinds of men. The God-created man, and the fallen man in appearance. The fallen man needed to be condemned, to be judged, to be terminated, and to be buried. Now, even the God-created man, in order to live a life full of human virtues, expressing the divine attributes, even to do this, the God-created man, complete, perfect, and good, even such a man, need to be put aside. Dick, I think this touches one of the intriguing components of the gospel uh, story, the biography of uh, the Lord Jesus. And that is why this one, with perfect humanity, would need to be baptized, which we know is a, the treatment that is given to us to uh, display the dealing with our old man, our natural man. Uh, which is fallen and corrupted and sinful. Why, Dick, did the Lord Jesus need to have this baptism as part of his inauguration into his earthly ministry? 
Like our brother Lee mentioned, Chris, this was for the accomplishment of God's purpose. So we need to just stop and consider for a moment what is God's purpose. God's purpose is that he, with his divinity, with all of his divine attributes, would be expressed in and through humanity with the human virtues. God's purpose is to gain an expression of himself in and through humanity. Mm -hmm. So the main thing here is that his being baptized means he was putting aside not only the fallen humanity, which he was representing, he was in the likeness of the flesh of sin, but also even the God-created man, the perfect man, without sin, still needed to be put aside. So God's way of carrying out his purpose and accomplishing his purpose is for us to put aside what we are. For sure, we know that what we are as a fallen man must be terminated. But how about if we were perfect? Even that needs put aside in order for us to live by the divine life, filled with the divine attributes, so that our human virtues could express God in and through our humanity with our human virtues. I really appreciate the fineness of this matter, don't you, Chris? Yes. Because this is somewhat of a difficult matter to understand. But thank the Lord for the light in the ministry. So the baptism here is a real precious matter showing us that Christ was not here living by his humanity, even though it was perfect, but he was here to live by God. God's purpose is that man would live by him. I was thinking, Chris, of Adam in the garden. Before he sinned, he was a perfect man. Right. He was the God-created man who was perfect. God placed him in front of the tree of life. And so God's intention was that he as a man would live by the divine life with the divine attributes for God's expression in humanity. But Adam did not put himself aside, rather went in another direction, of course, then became the fallen man. So even the perfect man, if you don't put yourself aside, God will never be expressed in and through you. So our Christ, representing both the fallen man and even the perfect God-created man, took the lead to live a life expressing God with his divine attributes by putting his humanity aside. This is the depth of the significance of his baptism. I think, Dick, very often people have the understanding or the idea that when you go through baptism, what you're really baptizing there are your mistakes, your sins, and your failures. Mm -hmm. But really, the significance as we see here with the perfect man also going through baptism is not just our failures or the things we're ashamed of being baptized. It's our ability to live or our tendency to live independent and apart from God that needs to go into the burial, isn't it? It's really true, Chris. What it brings us down to is what is the source of our living? The source of our living as men should be God himself. Then God's purpose will be carried out. We will express him. His divine attributes will be expressed in our humanity with our human virtues. Praise the Lord for the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is tremendous. Even our Lord Jesus, Dick, made such a strong testimony that despite his perfect humanity, he would not live independent of God the Father. Amen. All right, Dick, let's go on here. Here is the Lord Jesus now being baptized by John the Baptist. And of course, we come to verse 22 and 23, which are well-known portions. Let me read them. They're very short. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form as a dove upon him. And a voice came out from heaven, you are my son, 
the Beloved. In you I have found my delight. And he, Jesus, when he began to minister, was about 30 years old. This is the inauguration, Dick, that we've been talking about today. Let's go back to Witness Lee. We all like to enter into a kind of service to God. Yet, you have to realize, if you are going to enter into the service to God, you need to be what? Buried. You need to be put aside. You need to be terminated. Regardless whether you are God's created man or you are a fallen man. No doubt we all are today not the God created man, but the fallen man. As the fallen man, we need to be terminated, buried, and put aside. And this is the first aspect of the inauguration into the ministry for God. This is by the Death water. This is by the water of death. Then, on the passive side, there was the need of uh, the ointment. So, right after the water baptism, the ointment came from God's end. And this was not done by John the Baptist. This was done by God the Father. God the Father sent his Holy Spirit to descend upon these baptized men, to descend upon this terminated and buried man, to inaugurate him into the living ministry for God. Dick, actually, we're seeing two components here to his inauguration. If he was to be fit for God's service, he had to go through both of these. He had to experience both of these aspects. One negative, as we've been talking, this matter of baptism, which really means burial. Right. And the other, a positive item, the anointing, which was accomplished not by John the Baptist, but by God. And, of course, we see it signified by the dove descending here. The putting away through baptism means that we cannot live independent of God. Mm. Uh, what about the matter of anointing, which is from God's side? What does that signify, Dick? In a simple way, Chris, the anointing means we can't do anything either apart from God. Uh, baptism signifies we can't live independent of God, and the anointing signifies we cannot work or do things or carry out anything for God's economy apart from or independent of God. Here, he is anointed by the Spirit. We see in Luke one thirty-five that his conception was of the Holy Spirit for his essence, for his living, and we'll touch this in a few minutes. But here, for his move and for his work and for his ministry on this earth, he needed not only the Spirit inwardly for his existence, he also needed the Spirit outwardly for his move. It's the same Spirit. But this just shows us that in both our living and our work, both for our existence and for God's move, we cannot live a life, and we cannot do things that are independent of God. I really like John 5, 6, and 7, where you see a number of times where the Lord said uh, something like, I don't do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Right. And I don't do my own works, but I only do what I see the Father doing. And I don't even speak my own words, but I speak what I hear the Father speaking. So, you see, both for his living— and for his work, for God's move, for God's testimony, 
we must not live a life that is independent of God. So the wonderful spirit is not only for our existence and our living, but he is also for God's move and for God's work to carry out his purpose so that God is properly and adequately expressed in and through us and also could be expressed and manifested in and through others. So we need both aspects of baptism, and we see this is the Lord's inauguration. The baptism terminates the old man and declares, I'm putting aside even the perfect man to live by the divine life. On the other hand, his work and his move on this earth for God's purpose is altogether also by depending on the Lord signified by the Spirit. Dick, as we um, draw to our third portion today, our final segment, I want to draw some attention to these two aspects that you've been touching here. As you pointed out earlier in the chapter, verse 35, the Lord Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit, as you said, for his life, for his essence. That is within. Mm -hmm. And that is one aspect of the Spirit's work and filling. Mm -hmm. But here he is about to enter his work, his office, his ministry. And for that, he needs the Spirit in another aspect, the same Spirit, but another aspect. And that is this outward anointing, the equipping by the power of the Spirit coming upon. Mm. And we're going to see these two aspects developed some in this next portion. Amen. How about we go back to Witness Lee? The Lord Jesus, his person is his being, his existence, and his work is his ministry, his office. So the Lord Jesus did have these two aspects, the aspect of his being, of his existence, of his person, and the aspect of his ministry, of his work, of his office. For his person, he had the Holy Spirit as his intrinsic essence. And he got this. He got the Holy Spirit at the time when he was conceived, and at the time when he was born. Then he began to work, to minister, to do his office. Now, for this side, for this aspect, he needed again the Holy Spirit. Not essentially, but economically. So, when he was baptized, the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. This is what? This is the economical spirit. This is the spirit coming upon him to carry out God's economy by his ministry. So you must see these two sides, the essential side of the Holy Spirit for the Lord Jesus' person, being, and existence, and the economical side of the Holy Spirit for the Lord's work, ministry, and office. The indwelling spirit is essential. It is for the essence of the divine being and divine existence. And the outside spirit is economical. It is for God's economy to carry out a ministry, a work, an office that accomplishes God's economy. Hallelujah. Now you could see the Lord Jesus as the man Savior has been inaugurated by these two steps, by the water baptism and by the 
Holy Spirit descending upon him. This is the inauguration. Dick, we have these two aspects and these two terms, and we do not want to confuse our listeners because the concept is not that complicated, though these terms may be new to people. Differentiate, if you could, a little bit, once again, this matter of the essential and the economical, the one aspect of the Spirit, the essence of life, and the other, the economical, or the the side equipping us with God's power for work. Yeah, as our brother mentioned, The essential spirit is related to Christ's person, his being, and his existence or his living, whereas the economical spirit is related to his work, his ministry, his office for the carrying out of God's economy. We need to be clear that these are not two kinds of spirits, Right. but this is just the same spirit who on one hand is our inward essence for our life, our living, and our person, and on the other hand, our power for our work and our ministry to carry out God's economy. I like to illustrate this way, Chris. On one hand, the Lord as a person was filled with the Spirit, essentially, because he was conceived of the Spirit. His essence is just the Spirit. On the other hand, God's burden is to distribute himself to humanity. For this, we need power. Mm -hmm. We need the economical Spirit. So Christ essentially is filled with the Spirit and has the Spirit as his life for his living and his person. On the other hand, God's desire is that his life would get dispensed and distributed into mankind. This requires power. This requires the economical aspect of the Spirit. So that's why he's anointed with the Spirit after his baptism. And this is part of his inauguration so that God would be dispensed and distributed through him in his ministry for the fulfilling of God's purpose, that not just Christ himself would be God's testimony, but that mankind through this Christ would be the increase of this testimony. Dick, I've heard an illustration that Witness Lee has used to uh, help with this point. You know the one I'm talking about, about a policeman. Maybe you could share that. Yeah, that's an excellent one, Chris, because this shows us also both aspects of the Spirit. The policeman, in order to do his job, on one hand, he has to eat breakfast. That means he has to exist. So for his existence, he has the food inwardly. But when he stands out there in the middle of the intersection, he also has to have on his uniform. That's for his authority. So this wonderful spirit today is both our life for our existence, also our authority for God's economy so that something could happen through us for the sake of God's purpose. Isn't that good? So he's both our essence uh, as the essential spirit, and he's also the one empowering us as the economical spirit so that God can distribute himself into us, through us, and out of us into other human beings. This is marvelous. So let's be clear. This is just one wonderful spirit in two aspects essentially for our living and our person, our existence, economically, for God's move, for the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose. Dick, we really, uh, I think, experienced a little of both in that uh, last portion. We saw the filling, and you can tell the filling. Uh, When a person is experiencing that inward essential spirit, 
your face lights up, what is being expressed is really the divine life. Amen. And when that convicting and that speaking that just penetrates you to the depth of your being comes, that's uh, evidence of the other aspect of the Spirit, right? Surely. The power and the anointing are coming. And Amen. We got a bit of both today, and that's as it should be and how we always want it here. Amen. When we come together to fellowship. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Dick. You're welcome, Brother Chris. I appreciate it and enjoyed it very much. What a Christ we have. What a Christ we have. We'll leave you with our toll-free number and invite you to contact us. We would love to hear from you. We are touching matters that have been, I think, perplexing to many believers for a long time, and hopefully there was some light and some help here. And We'd love to get your testimony or answer your questions, so contact us if you would. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. For Dick Taylor today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us radio at lsm.org or call us toll free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.